You are Locked On Angels, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, your 2018 Angel. Welcome to Locked On Angels. Keep it locked. Locked on. We're locked on, sir. Locked On Angels. What is up, everybody? Patrick Zajac, your host of Locked On Angels. Welcome to another episode of the show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network and FanRag Sports. I am your host, Patrick Zajac, minor league play-by-play broadcaster and first row rider of the emotional sports roller coaster. That is Angels Baseball. Another exciting, awesome episode coming your way. It's Tuesday, April 10th. Here on Locked on Angels. God, I'm still just enjoying that new intro that we got going on. Uh, Shout out to a producer at Power 106 down there in Southern California. Edgar in the box is what he goes by. Edgar, phenomenal job on some of the new intros that we got going on on the show. But what we're going to be talking about today, Angels taking care of business in game one against the Texas Rangers by the final score of eight to three. Really, the Angels were in control all throughout, with the exception things got a little hairy there in the fifth inning where Garrett Richards walked the bases loaded, had to be pulled early, yet another starter having to be pulled from a ball game early. That's been a consistent theme for the Angels this season, something that they're going to really have to fix as they move forward because... Simply put, the bullpen can't sustain logging these many innings at such a consistent level. So, cause for concern, yes, but the win always solves everything. Happy for that. What we're going to talk about to lead in today's show, J.C. Ramirez out for the rest of the season. He will require Tommy John surgery on what was initially thought to be, you know, a little forearm soreness, a little bit of a forearm strain. Turns out, torn UCL. J.C. Ramirez out for the year, and just like that, the Angels' depth at the start in the starting rotation tested in a very serious way early on. So we're going to talk about the starting rotation here moving forward in the near future for the Angels uh, with Matt Shoemaker and Andrew Heaney still on the disabled list. So that supposed depth that Billy Epler envisioned for the staff, like I said, already being tested. That's what we're going to talk about to lead in today's show. Tuesday, that means you're down on the farm report, and we finally have some games to evaluate and discuss across the minor league levels in the Angels organization. So much so, in fact, that we brought back Brent McGuire of Prospects 1500. He is the lead Angels prospect man over there as well as a staff writer for Baseball Essential. So we'll bring him on the show for the Down on the Forum Report. Update you on guys like Griffin Canning, Jaime Berea, who will be making a start at the big league level on Wednesday, as well as the exciting duo in Burlington and Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh and a ton of other prospects. So loaded, loaded, loaded Down on the Farm Report coming your way. And then we'll follow it up with a little recap of Game 1 against the Rangers as well as get you guys ready for Game 2. So let's get right down to it. Lots to get to in this Tuesday episode. Starting off, like we said, J.C. Ramirez down and out for the rest of the season. A 12-month recovery It is what J.C. Ramirez has ahead of him. Torn UCL, Tommy John surgery, thought to be one of the main cogs in the Angels' six-man hybrid rotation this season. And it just never really got started. He struggled in his first start, giving up three long balls to the Cleveland Indians in the home opener one week ago. And then his start on Saturday again. 
Fastball velocity way down in the low 90s where last season it sat around 95, 96. And that start, I don't think it ever got above 92. Breaking stuff was just flat. Left it on a tee for a ton of A's hitters. They took advantage with a lot of early home runs. That was the one game of the weekend series that the A's did take from the Halos. So, man, it's a tough blow to the starting rotation. J.C. Ramirez, a guy that was your workhorse in the Angels rotation in 2017, if you guys recall. Pitched over 140 innings. That was a career high for J.C. Ramirez. A pleasant surprise in 2017. A guy that really got the Angels through that first half of the season before succumbing to injury at the end of 2017. Thought that a little rest and rehab would be enough to strengthen up his damaged UCL, now fully torn. Tommy John surgery, there's no way around it. So he's done. Now you have Matt Shoemaker and Andrew Heaney currently on the disabled list. That's three starting pitchers. So we went into this season thinking that, okay, Angels are nine deep in the starting rotation. You can afford a little injuries here and there. And here we are now 10 games in before this game one victory in Arlington. So 11 games in now as the team's record stands at eight and three. And you're down to six guys for those six rotation spots. Now, granted, as we go through it, Let's take this step by step here. Andrew Heaney is scheduled more than likely to come off the disabled list and make a start. It's all signs are pointing to Thursday of this week, which would be game one of the four game set against the Kansas City Royals after the team finishes up the three game series in Arlington. How the rotation looks like it's shaping up now. Game two, Tuesday night here tonight, you're going to have Tyler Skaggs going, followed by Jaime Berea the number seven overall prospect in the Angels system, just 21 years of age. This guy in 2017 started the year on opening day of 2017 at Class A Inland Empire and just rose through the system in a very quick way. He won't blow you away with his stuff. Just a little background on Berea as we're talking about him on the show here on Locked On Angels. A guy with a fastball that's going to sit in the low 90s, like I said, not going to blow you away. But the command is there for Berea. That's how he gets by. He can pretty much put that fastball wherever he wants. Change up, a lot of deception and movement with that change up. Scouts have said that, you know, they expect that to be a plus pitch down the road. Again, only 21 years of age, so I'm not sure that we're still there yet. And he's only pitched two innings so far this season. And that was down in Salt Lake at the AAA level. Gave up two hits with two strikeouts and two walks. So, a lot is unknown about how Berea looks so far this season. Looked good in spring training in his few starts in big league camp. And he's also got sort of a slider curve. uh, Now profiling more as a slider that sits about 82-83. Gets a lot of swings and misses off of it because of that command and his ability to sequence his pitches so way. A guy that, again, doesn't have that high-end stuff of a guy like, say, Griffin Canning in the Angels system that we're going to talk about in our Down on the Farm report. But... A term you hear thrown around with Berea a ton is pitchability and makeup of Berea. The command is there. Hopefully it's there. He's going to be juiced up, I'm sure, in his Major League debut on Wednesday. But that's been his calling card in his quick ascension through the Angels system. And a guy that the Angels really need to come up in a big way as this rotation is hurting right now. So after Skaggs, it's Berea on Wednesday. Thursday... You can almost expect Andrew Heaney in there, and more than likely Friday hasn't been called up yet, and nor has this been confirmed, but speculating that it's going to be Nick Tropiano in there on Friday because the only other option really for that start would be Parker Bridwell, but 
because he was sent down last Saturday, per MLB rules, if you send a guy down, you have to wait 10 days before you can call him back up. So still within that window, Angels can't do anything about it. Nick Tropiano more than likely makes his season debut at the big league level on Friday. That profiles well for Garrett Richards to make the start on Saturday on normal days rest for him after pitching in last night's ball game. And then, of course, Shohei Otani, which has become your Sunday starter right now, all these games in Kansas City. So that's how the rotation is shaping up right now. The good news is you do have Andrew Heaney had a great rehab start at Inland Empire last Friday. Looks like he's rearing and ready to go for his start, which again is scheduled more than likely for Thursday. That's the good news. The bad news, JC Ramirez out for the year and no real firm timetable on Matt Shoemaker as well. It looks like it's the same thing that plagued him at the end of 2017, a nerve issue. The MRI that he took on his throwing elbow, came back just fine, no tears, nothing with the UCL, the common injuries that we see with pitchers, any sort of thing. But it's an injury that we don't really understand as common fans, and again, there's no timetable on his return. I'm Personally, I'm preparing for Matt Shoemaker to miss months at a time. I, I don't know. I don't want to say his 27, 2018 rather is done. I think that's a little premature to say at this stage, given that we don't know exactly what is plaguing him. But given that everything that Shoemaker has said in that this injury feels eerily similar to what shut down his 2017 season, it's hard to be optimistic about Matt Shoemaker right now. I don't think we can count on him for the rest of this month. And personally, I'm thinking the end of May, June for me, is when I'm personally expecting him. But again, we don't know enough about the injury. What that does, though, is that gives you seven guys now vying for that six-man rotation. It's Otani, who has been brilliant. It's Garrett Richards, who has been your ace, though he has been very hot and cold to start the year. He was, again, in that game one start against Texas. Tyler Skaggs pitched well in his first start, struggled a bit against Corey Kluber in his second start, but got through it and kept the Angels in the ballgame. Jaime Berea, he's going to be making his debut. What you're going to get from him, exciting, exciting prospect. Just 21 years of age, though, so we'll see how his stuff plays and that pitchability at the big league level. Andrew Heaney coming back from injury, and then Tropiano and Bridwell. I think they're going to be riding that train back and forth to Salt Lake a ton in the early goings here as the rotation moves forward. But that's pretty much it. Guys that you feel comfortable starting a major league game for the team thus far. Right now... Right now, take a deep breath, Halo fans. Despite the injury to J.C. Ramirez and the injury to Shoemaker, the Angels still equipped to deal with it as of right now. But one more injury, and man, I think it's it's time then for Billy Epler to actually go out and get someone from outside the organization that can provide you innings, an innings eater of sorts. Again, I hearken back to 2017 where you had Ricky Nolasco and Jesse Chavez there logging heavy innings for the rotation there, and while they were unspectacular, yeah, absolutely, you knew what you were getting out of both of those, more than likely five or six innings, they would give up four runs, a couple dingers as well, but they would keep you in ball games, gave you those consistent innings as well every fifth day, and it kept the Angels in the postseason race all season long, despite Mike Trout missing two months, so I think that's what you need in this type of rotation. You have guys like Jeremy Hellickson out there, Scott Casimir, maybe an Angels reunion. There are options available, unspectacular options to be sure, but desperate times could call for desperate measures. And while I don't think the Angels are desperate quite yet in that you do have seven guys for those six roles, 
guys start struggling or maybe getting hurt, then Billy Epler's got to get on the phone and bring someone in from outside the organization. That's my thoughts on the six-man rotation. Housekeeping before we get to our Down on the Farm report. You want to sponsor the show? Know someone that does? Hit me up, lockedonangels at gmail.com. Rates are always reasonable, of course, of course, of course, given that it's only April. And also, want to spotlight you guys, our listeners. You guys have been awesome. Another great five-star review that I came across on iTunes. I'm, I'm not an I'm not a Apple guy. I'm an Android guy. got a, a Google Pixel, so I don't stumble upon our iTunes page too much. Uh, more or less, I just go on there to make sure that the podcast episodes are consistently being uploaded every time I hit publish, and they are. Thank Jesus. But another great review that I read, and it, this is what keeps me going on this podcast, and it's, it's why I like to share it with you guys. And I, I'm sorry if I butcher your username and reading your review here, but Bill C. Zip Zap Zuposby. Again, no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he says, I've been looking for a proper Angels podcast for a while. Not sure why I overlooked the Locked On series, considering it's my go to for Lakers podcasts also, but this fits, and I'm glad to have found it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Bill Zip Zap Zippity Doodah, whatever the rest of your username is, for the awesome five-star review. Greatly appreciate it. You guys like what we're doing. That's the way to thank me. That's what keeps me going. Those reviews, all of your downloads, which our Monday episode, record downloads, number of downloads in the first day for this podcast in the short six or seven weeks that we've been doing this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. And you have a sponsor you want to work that want you want me to work with? Hit us up, Locked On Angels at gmail.com. All right, got a loaded down on the farm report for you, so I want to make sure that we get to it. Here is our chat, Brent McGuire, updating us on the Angels organization. He is of Baseball Essential and the Angels prospect lead on Prospects 1500. Let's get to our down on the farm report. We're Angels, not Cowboys. Here's your down on the farm report. All right, welcome everybody to another Tuesday down on the farm report here on Locked on Angels. And this week, joined by a very special guest, had him on the show before, our first repeat guest, Brent McGuire. Brent, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Pat? Doing well. I mean, I'm completely juiced after the weekend, most notably, uh, Shohei Otani on the mound on Sunday. Give me your thoughts, man, on Shohei Otani. I went at length on him in a previous episode just yesterday, and now we get to... I've just been drinking the Shohei Otani Kool-Aid for the past, like, 48 hours, man. Where are you at with Shohei Otani? So this has just been crazy. I mean, I have very high expectations for this guy. I thought the the little process coming into the league was going to... It was going to take a little while for him to get used to things, and... He's come out right out of the gate, and he is just crushing it. You know, not only did he crush it at the plate this past week, and he comes out on Sunday afternoon and puts up, in my opinion, one of the best pitching performances in Angels history. And you think about this combination of him and Mike Trout for the next half decade, maybe longer than that, and you've got to be awfully excited if you're an Angels fan right now. Yeah, it's been an absolute whirlwind. 
Um, and, and I just wanted to open with him because he was the number one prospect in the Angel system going in uh, as we start our down on the farm report here. Obviously, we all knew that he was going to break camp uh, with the Major League squad and certainly has not disappointed, exceeded all of our expectations. But let's get down to it a little bit. I want to start with Griffin Canning. Um, he's a guy that caught a little bit of fanfare towards the end of spring as uh, the big league guys broke away from Tempe, made their way to Anaheim. Griffin Canning making his first start at Inland Empire. Tell me a little bit what you saw from Griffin Canning and studying him and his most recent start uh, and how he projects moving forward this season. So I was actually lucky enough to catch him in Arizona a couple weeks ago, one of his backfield games, and the scouts were ooing and aahing the entire time he was out there. So when he was in college, he was more 90 to 93, had really good stuff, but it wasn't quite like the upper end velocity. And he was coming out throwing 94 to 97 in this little short outing he had. And then his first outing with Inland Empire, it's the same thing. He's throwing 94 to 97, flashing a plus breaking ball, plus slider, throwing some good changeups. I mean, this guy might be the best pitching prospect in the system right now. And it's actually like feasible to see him in Anaheim at some point next year because the stuff is so good. His command is so advanced and he's a college pitcher, so he should be able to move pretty quickly through the system. And Honestly, he might be the most highly talked about prospect right now, and that's saying something in this Angel system. Yeah, one of the guys that we talked about, you and I, at the beginning of the season just a couple of weeks ago about him being one of the bigger upside arms in the entire Angel system. So one start in, so far so good. Other uh, high-impact or high-potential guys start in the outfield for Burlington, actually, in the Angels system. Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh with a couple at-bats. Uh, give me an update on what you've seen from them so far. So this is a pretty exciting team. I think Burlington's probably the most watchable team right now just because they have Brandon Marsh, Jordan Adele, Tory Hunter Jr. is in that outfield as well. Leo Rivas is there. That's going to be a pretty fun team. Uh, it's pretty early so far, but reports are pretty positive on these guys. It's going to be pretty exciting to monitor Adele and Marsh moving forward because they're similar in age. They're drafted at a similar time. They've got kind of similar like upside. And you think about just monitoring these two guys going forward. It's going to be a lot of fun, and if they have really good seasons this year, it's possible they're in double-A next year, and these guys might move pretty quickly through the system. Yeah, and more high upside guys, these guys in the outfield, which uh, given the amount of talent that the Angels had in the outfield uh, across the system and sort of the guys that they have entrenched there at the major league level – they thought about moving a guy towards the infield. It was rumored a little bit that Jemai Jones, uh, you know, at the beginning of spring might move to second base. That was, for the most part, quashed. And then towards the end of spring, we find out, no, he actually is moving to second. And uh, he's actually started the year there at Inland Empire. Uh, have you? Do you have any reports on where or how Jemai Jones is looking at at second base and how that sort of positional outlook has changed for him moving forward now? So I've talked to a few people, and I've gotten kind of the same message from them, and it's that they think he's going to be fine at the position. They think he's athletic enough to figure it out, but there's definitely going to be a growing period for him. In his first game on Thursday night, he had a couple mistakes out there, but he's got the athleticism, he's got the arm, he's got the instincts, and he also played second base in high school, so I don't think the transition period is going to be all that long. And given the Angels' surplus of outfielders, not only at the major league level, but the minor league level, it makes sense to try him out at second base. If it doesn't work, then you just move him back out there. But if this does work out, then you've got a future second baseman on your hands, and that's big for an Angels system that just doesn't have many high-impact middle infielders right now. Yeah, and maybe the quickest path to the majors for him, especially uh, with so many guys locked in uh, at the major league level for the outfield spots. Um, 
for moving forward for the next couple of years. So definitely an intriguing follow to see Jemai Jones' story this year, beginning the year Inland Empire. Another guy that I talked about all throughout spring, I've gone on record saying how much I love him and his upside and how I think he's one of the more polished bats in the Angel system. Matt Tace, he begins the year. I thought he would begin the year in Salt Lake. Um, he actually starts in Double A Mobile, um, about 15 at-bats under his belt. What's the update on Matt Tace so far? So Tice is actually up to a pretty decent start so far. Uh, he's hitting around 300, uh, taking his walks. You know, the one issue that he's had in the past was the power. He's not hitting for it quite yet, but – I still think there's the chance that he ends up hitting for more power. And something that I'm a little bit interested in is with how many home runs are being hit at the major league level right now. It seems like some of these lower end power guys come to the majors, maybe figure something out. And then the new baseball might be helping them out. You do wonder if Matt Bice comes up to the majors in a couple of years and benefits from this baseball that just seems to be flying out of stadiums. Because if he becomes like a 20 to 25 home run bat instead of the 10 to 15 home run bat, that many are projecting him to be, that changes the entire outlook on this guy. So he's definitely an interesting guy to monitor moving forward. Yeah, definitely a guy that uh, I don't want to eat crow on because I've projected him as the 2019 Angels starting first baseman um, and looking forward to see if he gets, I'm sure he gets a September call up later this year, depending on where the Angels are at, but uh, still very excited on his prospects. Moving on now uh, to the starting rotation at the minor league level. Uh, Major League team has been hit hard with a lot of trips to the DL already. Uh, Andrew Heaney beginning the year there. Matt Shoemaker most recently. And now J.C. Ramirez over the weekend hitting the DL, which has put a lot of pressure on this you know, perceived depth that Billy Epler and company were talking about that they had all throughout the system. One of the big guys that was a piece of that was Jamie Berea, a guy that begins the year in Salt Lake. Um, only went two innings in his first appearance in Salt Lake and could find himself factoring into the big league rotation here very soon if the injuries continue to pile up for the Angels at the big league level. Uh, what have you seen from him to start the year? And, I mean, could we see him sooner rather than later in Anaheim? Berea was one of those guys that I wasn't expecting him to be up in the majors until maybe late this season. But given what has happened at the major league level, Berea might be that next guy in line. You look at uh, Nick Tropiano, he might be next up in line, but if another injury occurs and they need someone else, Jaime Berea might be your next best option. And I don't know if he's quite ready for it, but I've learned to not doubt this guy over the last couple of years. He has just flown through the system. He's got that mentality to be able to pitch in the major leagues right now. And quite frankly, he looks really good in spring training. So I think there's a slight chance he gets an extended cup of coffee in the major leagues this year. And maybe for the Angels' sake, it'd be good if he comes up, shows some good things, and then going into next season he's you know locked in as your number five, number four starter potentially. Yeah, I mean, in a six-man rotation, you had pretty much nine guys, including Berea, in there that would possibly factor in the mix. And with you know Andrew Heaney coming back from the DL hopefully sometime this week, it sounds like, Berea's kind of that next guy in line should anyone else go down, um, depending on how long Shoemaker and Ramirez are out. So certainly going to continue to keep a very close eye on him down in Salt Lake. And lastly, before I let you get out of here, any other notables or surprises that have come out now? Uh, minor League Baseball just about a week into their season, so not too much to discuss in our first little update during the regular season in the Down on the Farm report, but any other notables, surprises, names jumping out at you in the Angels' system thus far? So I think the most notable thing so far is Taylor Ward. So he was moved off of catcher before the season started, playing him at third base. He's had a little uh, DH action so far. He's had multi-hit games in his first four games of the year. 
And that's very notable because the bat has not played up so far. And I definitely wondered if moving him away from catcher would allow him to focus more on his hitting and kind of just ease his, uh, his defense a little bit. And so far, so good. He's hitting about, I think, 650 through the first four games of the season. And if he can handle third base, he might be an option next year. And that's uh, it's very encouraging because there are high expectations for this guy. He was a first-round pick. And obviously, it's not going to work at, his, at catcher now. But if he can make this work as a third baseman, I think Angels fans will be pretty happy. Yeah, that's surprising because Taylor Ward wasn't necessarily seen as a, as a bat-first type of prospect being drafted it seemed that he was you know mostly I think a lot of us moaned and groaned seeing you know Jeff Mathis type projections for this guy when he was drafted uh, a few years ago so interesting to note definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward uh Brent thanks so much again for joining us uh, tell the people where to find you before you sign off here thanks for having me on Pat uh you can find me on Twitter at bmags94 Awesome. Thank you very much, Brent. Always awesome. Looking forward to having you back on. Uh, hopefully sometime soon, man. Yep. Sounds good, Pat. Thank you. All right. Take it easy, man. All right, guys. That was your Down on the Farm report with Brent McGuire here. Awesome to bring him back on the show. Loved having him as a guest the first go around when we went to a Prospects Deep Dive episode. Brent always makes himself available to bring to get back on this show truly appreciate you brent thanks for coming on again you guys want to catch him of course baseball essential and prospects 1500 is where you can find his work definitely definitely recommend checking him out keeps tabs on all things angels prospects and angels baseball in general awesome dude again thank you brent coming on the show let's get down to it to close out today's episode recapping game one of the series against the Texas Rangers angels able to pull out the eight to three victory um, jumped on them right from the get-go did the angels scoring a run in the first inning thanks to a two out RBI single from Cole Calhoun after back-to-back punch outs by Justin Upton and Albert Pools after Zach Cozart and Mike Trout both reached base. So a little disconcerting that your three four hitters aren't able to come through there, but Cole Calhoun sets the stage the rest of the way. Garrett Richards on the mound started out decently enough, but again, sort of a thing that's reared its ugly head so far for Garrett Richards this season, the inability to command his fastball. And that led ultimately to his early exit yet again, back-to-back starts now. Garrett Richards finishes his evening just four and a third innings pitched, four hits, just surrendered the one run, six strikeouts, which is great, but five walks. Angels starters now lead the entire league in walks. That is something that has ultimately led to most of their demises and early exits this season, the reason why the bullpen has had to log such heavy volume of innings. And granted, Bases loaded, one out, Jose Alvarez coming in in what was a 3-1 Angels lead at the time. Alvarez comes in, shuts the door against back-to-back lefties in the Rangers lineup. And I know I was talking with some of you on Twitter about this when it happened or when Alvarez then exited and didn't return for the sixth inning. It's like, oh man, why isn't Alvarez coming back? He just got you out of that jam. He only threw, what was it? Let me go back here. Only seven pitches to get those two outs. Why not bring him back out? Well, I think being that Alvarez is the only lefty in this bullpen and the Rangers have 
a gluttony of lefties throughout their lineup. I think you want to save Alvarez because you might need Alvarez every single game of this series. So you keep his stints short. You play matchup games in close, tight situations where you need outs desperately. And that's what Alvarez's role is, especially prominently for this series. When you got guys like Shinsu Chu, uh, you got Rugnet Odor, who had to leave very early in this ballgame. Not sure if he's going to play anymore in this series. But then you got Nomar Mazzara, Joey Gallo. So definitely a lot of matchup opportunities for Mike Sosha and the Halos here with Jose Alvarez. Keep him fresh because, again, tight situations. You might need him every single game of this series. So awesome to see that from Alvarez. Then Albert Pujols. Home run number two on the year. His first one since opening day. This one came off of Doug Fister and kind of jump-started the offensive effort. Martin Maldonado with a phenomenal slide off of a double down the left field line by Chris Young when he came in the game for Ryan Schimpf. Looked like he got nicked up a little bit, but just a, it's it was just a great team win all around. All throughout the lineup, you had help. And I mentioned this also on Twitter. One of the biggest differences between this lineup and years past is is the depth, and we talked about it in the preseason, but the second half of this lineup, Andrelton Simmons, your number six hitter, two hits, another multi-hit game. I believe that's his fifth multi-hit game of the season. Three runs scored as well. He's hitting now 362 on the season. Luis Valbuena, a hit and a run scored. Martin Maldonado, your eight hitter, two hits, two RBIs and a run scored. So picking up the slack from the top half of the order and it's not like there was much slack there either Justin Upton the real only off day being 0 for 5 with 3 K's but Mike Trout an RBI single Zach Kozart top the lineup with two hits a run and an RBI and also keep in mind folks that you get Ian Kinsler back on Tuesday expected to be activated from the disabled list you can slot him in as a second baseman he'll return to the leadoff spot I can almost guarantee you which knocks Zach Kozart more than likely to the number six role and everyone moves back down into their more natural roles creating an even deeper lineup than we're talking about right now that's the good the offense has been clicking for the most part guys missing here and there but eight runs 13 hits Hard to nitpick and find too much wrong with that type of offensive output. And again, the bullpen too, in relief of Garrett Richards, they go, let's see, that's four and two-thirds innings, giving up just two runs themselves. You get the late home run given up by Cam Bedrosian in the ninth of an already decided game. That's a little concerning considering Cam Bedrosian hasn't had a great start to his year, an ERA over seven thus far, but... Blake Parker, another shutout inning with a strikeout, continues to lower that ERA from a rough first two appearances. Noe Ramirez had his off-speed stuff working. The movement on some of his pitches is a sight to see. Jim Johnson gave up his first run of this season, but an ERA still solidly at 2.45. And you don't have to use Keenan Middleton. I expect a safe situation to pop up. Middleton's going to be your guy. You save also Blake Wood as well, Luke Bard, guys that have logged some heavy innings here and there. And remember, the Angels do have reserves for this series, calling up Eduardo Paredes as well and Felix Pena should they need those guys. So, We'll see what happens from here on moving forward, but a solid opening win for the Halos. Comfortable 8-3 win. It'll be Tyler Skaggs against Martin Perez. Should be a closer ball game, I think, than game number one was, given the advantage on the mound for the Halos, or at least the high-end advantage with Garrett Richards there. Tyler Skaggs struggling a bit. Remember, wasn't able to get out of the fifth inning in his last start. That was against Cleveland. 
but that was on the heels of an of a start where he went six and a third scoreless with just three hits given up against the A's. We'll see which Tyler Skaggs shows up against the Rangers. A lot of opportunities for him to succeed given, again, a lot of lefties in that Ranger lineup. I think Skaggs can have a big-time start, and the Angels could be well on their way to a possible sweep if we see the Skaggs that we saw against Oakland. But again, Martin Perez, one of the better hurlers in the rotation for the Rangers. He'll be towing a rubber. I expect a low-scoring affair in this one. Hopefully the Angels can eke it out, but it really can truly go either way. Martin Perez, some success against the Halos in recent memory. That's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you again for joining us. As always, my name is Patrick Zajac. You can find me on Twitter at OtherPatZajac. Most importantly, follow the show handle on Twitter at LockedOnAngels. And again, you want me to read your review of us? on the show hopefully it's a good one subscribe to us rate review itunes stitcher spotify google play basically anywhere you can find podcasts we're there chugging right along this season angels eight and three hard to be upset with that i gotta get out of here guys have a good tuesday peace